0: Welcome to episode 158 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I'm your host, The Raz, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the interwebs. And if you listen to our sister podcast, the Subcockles of Reddit, you'll know for the last two weeks, I have uh, kind of bowed out of that one and let a uh, friend of the show, Sadar, take over. And Sadar is joining us this week for the Social Liability Podcast. Well, say hello, Sadar. Sadar. Yeah, I knew she'd do it. Folks, we have a, a kind of an abbreviated episode this week, but with Sadar, who the hell knows? Uh, she could just flap at the lips, you know, typical, typical Sadar stuff. What is it, Buck? Why are you raising your hand?
1: Because I have a monumental announcement for you, buddy. The Social Liability Podcast made its first episode of 2022 on January 1st of 2022. And we are doing the last episode of 2022 on December 31st. We rang in the new year with social liabilities and we are closing out the year with social liabilities. So for those loyal listeners that we have, we've literally covered the entire calendar from day one to day 365 with social liabilities for you.
0: I mean, is that really monumental announcement? That's that's huge, man. That is pretty cool. Yeah, but we've been doing this for three years, Buck. And we have not
1: started on the first day and ended on the last day.
0: So we have a calendar anomaly that Buck is very happy about. That being said, Buck... He's oh, always kind of pissing your Cheerios. I do. I'm the screen door in <laughs> sc- his submarine of life.
1: You fucking <laughs> are, man! You are! <laughs> oh, Buck... <laughs> If you, had sh- if you had shit on your shoe, you walk through my carpet. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bastard, man. I remembered that shit. Like, you should alone be impressed by that. I can't even remember, like, what I said 30 seconds ago. But I remember that we recorded on the first day of the year. That's how special you are to me, man. Right from my heart. I should have said this on the sub of Reddit, where I had Sadar to back me up a little bit more. Jet, you, got... whatever. What do we got? Sadar, what's in w- the gallery
0: of rogues? What is your favorite greasy spoon restaurant?
2: Oh, um, oh, the chain, uh, Waffle House.
0: Look, what's your feelings on Waffle House? Also happens to be one of my favorites. I love the Waffle House. And the Waffle House, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is a dump. What? <laughs> with the food! I've never been to yep. a Waffle House. That's not a dump. And, you know, I, I distinctly remember one time that uh, Squatch, the guy that was on the show a couple of weeks ago, him and I ended up in a Waffle House at like 3 or 4 in the morning. And, and we found out how they clean the Waffle House. <laughs> Apparently they do it once a day. <laughs> <laughs> um they literally you mean how they unclean the waffle house you mean how they Bro, unclean it i literally watched it happen they drug a garden hose in and just started spraying everything <laughs> all the windows tur- like they were all completely covered in condensation from them spraying the grill with this garden hose i mean <laughs> I it. it was horrible <laughs>
2: I have to spray down those bathrooms too cuz those things are nasty. They
0: did. They did. They 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 actually oh took my the, god. they took the toilet paper out and hosed the bathroom
2: down. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: This is back before like smartphones really were a, like a big thing, so I couldn't like take video of it. But yes, this happened. I watched it. It was in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. I can tell you right where it's still there to this day. I know it is. <laughs> the, the The shittier the
1: parking lot, the better the food in, inside the Waffle House will be. That is my experience. The crappier, the crappier that place looks. The better tasting the food will be.
0: It's the, the the crappier it looks, the the better the cooks are. The, the more the more convictions the cook has.
1: <laughs> Dude, oh that Lord. should be the new Waffle House slogan, man. Crappier the looks, the better the cooks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have been in there and seen like just straight up gang art, like straight up on oh, oh, like just covered, you know. Just... <laughs> Waffle House is not a family dining establishment.
2: (laughs) Taken my family there many times. It's Uh, good food. So have
0: I. So have I.
1: (laughs) And you can eat everything on the menu with your hands.
0: I wouldn't go that far. But I will. Oh, I would. My big complaint about Waffle House is the last time I went, they took country style off the fucking menu. Their menu's been dumbed down quite a bit. Country style, for those of the uninitiated, was they would take your hash browns and cover them in sausage gravy. My heart is hurting right now just thinking about it. The fact that, A, I could eat it and it would destroy my heart, or the fact that I can't eat it because it's no longer on the menu is hurting my heart. So either way, it's a lose-lose for me. But I think we have, for those of you that have never been to a Waffle House, which I can't imagine is a whole lot of our listeners, you uh, you now have a, a, an image in your mind of what the Waffle House is, um, which is, makes this story even funnier. This is coming from the Daily Dot dot com. That's how they're made. Waffle House server says customer demanded refund because hash browns were cooked in oil. <laughs> a TikToker TikToker revealed that a Waffle House customer who requested crispy hash browns demanded a refund when she saw the cook using. Oil, a commonly used cooking ingredient, especially at Waffle House, to prepare them. I don't know if anything in Waffle House is not made with cooking oil. <laughs> I, you know what? I thought it was all magic. Oh, my lord. Georgia-based creator Autumn Brook Clearly, uh, whose name is autumn.brook1, in case anybody wants to look it up. Shared the tale straight from Waffle House in question, based on a receipt produced in the video. The order took place around 2 (laughs) a.m., prime Waffle House hour, on December 28th at a location in Athens. The clip clawed on immediately with its audience, getting more than 750,000 views in the first day going up on the platform. In the video, the Waffle House waitress began by noting, I had just had a lady come in, and she was like, Can I get a hash browns scattered well? I can't remember exactly what scattered is, but I think it means with onions. Not sure. Maybe. Uh, After noting that the customer paid for the order and the cook started making it, clearly claims that the woman expressed alarm that the cook was using oil to get the fried potatoes to the desired level of crispiness. She was like, he put oil on it, the TikToker says, (laughs) imitating the customer's voice and mannerisms, before flatly stating, That's how hash browns are cooked. Again, the customer expressed concern about the oil being used, and despite the waitress insisting that's how they're made, she decided she no longer wanted the hash browns okay i'll give you a refund the waitress narrates producing a waffle house receipt with "refund" stamped on it and the mere image notations visible is what presumably is the waitress's handwriting stating that she was disgusted that the hash browns are cooked in oil at the top of the receipt i had to refund her for the hash browns because she was just astonished that they were cooked in oil i'm just flabbergasted <laughs> so a number of commenters who agreed with the hashtag hashtag not healthy and hashtag nothing here is healthy (laughs) that clearly added to the caption ma'am this is a waffle house (laughs) everything with potatoes to the windows has oil on it (laughs) another quipped don't let her know about the french fries yet another user commented on the paradox of wanting crispiness without using oil girl i was trying to explain to my boyfriend the pain of people ordering steamed hash browns extra crispy the other day while others went on in this vein pointing out that the venn diagram between healthy options and waffle house doesn't have much crossover some okay. made the point that the waffle house oil really might be an issue I once trained a girl on a fryer, explained a commenter with uh, alleged Waffle House experience, and when she saw what came out of it while uh, breaking down at the end of the night, she refused to eat her food. It's Waffle House. You don't ask how the magic's made.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Another point out that maybe it was knowing about the oil was the issue, observing... <laughs> was it there being cooked in oil the problem, or was it witnessing the oil the problem? <laughs> Well, a few people suggested butter as an alternative. <laughs> One user joked, I thought they acquired that magical taste being cooked in the blood of dead fairies. I never heard, <laughs> I never heard of oil being used. Yeah.
2: <laughs> My God. No, man. Like, was- is this idiot never cooked anything? <laughs>
0: The fact that probably not. I, I love the one commenter, you know, saying everything from the potatoes to the windows is covered. In a bowl.
1: <laughs> that, that was good.
2: That was accurate. that was
1: good. <laughs> well, that's that, that the funniest the funniest shit in life is real.
0: The the, you the know? menus are laminated so that they can be wiped off.
1: Yeah. And you don't need to be able to speak intelligently in order to get anything.
0: No, because there's pictures, folks. You can just point. Everything. Phone.
1: You can just point.
0: <laughs> point grunts.
1: Anything. You, as long as your card's made out of plastic and 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 it clears, they don't give a shit either. And and oil in the food. You you should know walk. They could drop a pile of hash browns on the floor and put it back on the grill and i go, welcome to Flavortown. Because <laughs> like, it never
0: actually touched the floor. It, there's a nice thin layer of grease there that keeps it from hitting the floor. It's, just,
1: it's, it's all the extra oil.
2: You know, I'm on heart
0: medication oh, but, right
1: now
2: because of this shit. <laughs> but, but how are you going to make any potato crispy without some kind of... Even if you bake freaking potatoes, you still have to oil the pan.
1: To, to keep it from sticking. Alchemy Alchemy, Sadar. Alchemy. Dar, <laughs> alchemy.
0: <laughs> My God. <laughs> All right, our next story comes from tampabay.com. Clearwater man charged with tossing man off of a boat and leaving him to die. <laughs> yep. Well... Wow. Well, it's got a twist. I guess... It does does have a twist to it. After Lonnie Wilson was found dead in the waters near Sand Key Park in Clearwater in December of 2021, at least 3 people told police they knew who killed him. James McManus told police that he had gone boating with Wilson and a man named Shane Dugan. And the Dugan threw Wilson overboard during an argument and ordered McManus to drive the boat away, leaving Wilson behind to drown. Well then guess what? McManus, you're just as guilty. Uh Liga Bello told police that Shane Dugan had sent her sent a video to his brother James uh who was her tenant and roommate. It showed Shane Dugan throwing someone over the side of a boat. David Cluever, ever uh, who worked at the Hooters with Shane Dugan woke up in the middle of the night on December 4th and opened up a series of Snapchat messages in which Dugan admitted to throwing Wilson off the boat. We've got a pretty good case going here, folks. <laughs> After he was tossed off the boat, Wilson 48 drowned. His body was found uh, the next day in the Gulf of Mexico, but a mile from Sandy key park in Clearwater About a week later, Clearwater police arrested Dugan on manslaughter charges in connection with Wilson's death. Dugan pled not guilty to the charge. But the case soon started to unravel. By the time Cluever reached police, the Snapchat messages had disappeared. A search of James Dugan's phone did not turn up any footage showing Shane Dugan throwing Wilson overboard. And just six months after Dugan's arrest, McManus died. The Pinellas uh, Pasco State Attorney's Office has dismissed the case. He was murdered, Wilson's mom um, said, uh, Gwen Pickering said, and there's no justice. There's differing accounts in the case, however. Wilson had moved to Florida to be near his teenage son. He sometimes works in a catering business and helped out a friend at a convenience store, which she owned. In his free time, he enjoyed shooting pool and bowling. So apparently we're getting an obituary now. Wilson lived on a 24-foot dolphin sailboat at the Clearwater Beach Marina, according to court records. He was part of a community of people who make their homes in boats in Pinellas Beach. He was just amazed at how beautiful the sunsets were from his boat. Uh, on Thanksgiving last year, Wilson went to Orlando to celebrate his cousin Ashley uh, with his uh, cousin Ashley and her family. They went for a walk and hung out at the park and watched blah, 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 blah. Who cares? This is a same obituary um here we go during the interv- that interview mcmanus called dugan and police spoke with him over the phone he told police he went boating with wilson and mcmanus but said he hadn't seen wilson since they got back to shore police asked if the men argued while in the boat dugan said no he agreed to meet a detective at the marina about an hour later but never showed later that day mcmanus called police and told them he wanted to talk again this time he gave them a different story the three men had gone sailing together on Dugan's boat, a 1982 Catalina yacht that had a motor, and they steered further away from shore into the Gulf of Mexico. The sea fog worsened. Eventually, they turned off the motor and drifted along while they drank and talked. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Wilson began arguing with Dugan. McManus stated that he was driving back towards the San, uh, San Key Bridge. At one point, Wilson stood up and drew his hand back if he was going to hit Dugan. Dugan threatened to throw Wilson off the boat. Wilson stood up, and Dugan pushed him overboard. <laughs> Dugan told McManus to drive, according to the police reports. McManus told police he was worried that if he didn't, he too would be thrown overboard. And it goes on, um, but essentially it came down to there's no witnesses left, and they can't charge the cat. Um, I can't believe that Snapchat can't retrieve videos, though, but I guess it is part of their marketing, is that uh, all their stuff goes the way.
1: I gotta pause for a second.
0: Why? I got a nine one one call. I, oh no! I'm... So we're gonna we're gonna continue. What do you think, there, Seder? Uh,
2: I'm thoroughly confused. I mean, so, if they ha- so there was video, have-
0: there was video, but it was on Snapchat, and Snapchat, uh, after you view a video, deletes the video. My question is, why was this guy sending Snapchat videos to his? of incriminating shit that's kind of but then again people do stupid things especially criminals but
2: who did he who did he send the snapchat to a third party but wouldn't whoever the third party was that saw it be able to testify that they saw it
0: it's hearsay there's no
2: evidence but they saw the recording before the recording was hey
0: sadar i saw i saw a recording of you uh throwing a puppy in front of a semi-truck
2: But I mean, they also have the they also have the cat's body. Right. Didn't you say that the body was recovered? So, but there's the, two different he, there's two
0: different stories. There's one that he just yeeted the guy uh, off the boat, and there's another one where the guy attacked him and he defended himself. So, I mean, there's two different versions of the of account of events here. It was either manslaughter or it was justifiable homicide. I don't know, but, but in my case, okay. I don't even think you could even claim justifiable because of the fact that they. Just left him there, so I, I I have a hard time wondering why the prosecutor didn't charge him at least something, even a lesser account. But yeah, who knows?
2: Can can we just say it's incredible that they were able to recover a body from a mile off shore? Uh, that, that not really that impresses me.
0: It, it would have impressed me a long time ago, but now with with uh, tide charts and everything, we can pretty accurately determine. Within a, a very a small area where something's going to float to, um, d- d- with, with relative accuracy, aware uh, uh, you put something in the water where it's going to end up. Um, so okay. it's not, not not really that far fetched. Especially only after one day, it'd be different if it was like weeks. But and that's how they track where they're going to find uh, like crashed airline parts. You know, they can literally yeah. trace back where the plane went down by where they found the parts, according to tidal charts.
2: So it's kind of neat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, science is cool.
0: Science. It's all really cool. Science is cool. I mean, it, it, I, I, I'm just having a real hard time. But, I mean, this is an editorial page. It just isn't like a, a, a an affidavit of probable cause. So it's kind of hard to make a determination. But something else is going on that the prosecutor didn't at least charge him with. Um, with, with in, you know, indifference, malice with indifference to homicide or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm having a hard time with that one. Just by them leaving it's,
2: him. Yeah, it's it's all a really weird story. Uh, the the whole thing, and I'm, uh, I don't know. It it the whole thing's just really weird to me, and I don't feel like I can speak intelligently about any of it.
0: All right buck are you, are you back now? Are you back? Are you okay yeah, I'm all right but, what you said I'm nine, okay. you said nine one one Holmes I did so because
1: all I got that's all I got, and then the crisis is now averted
0: you what you got a text that said nine one one
1: no, I got a text that said help
0: well, good enough yeah so you you uh you know you are in dire straits when you are texting. <laughs> Buck's crippled
1: yes. ass
2: for help. <laughs> You know, that's,
1: that's the only reason I moved. That's the only reason I was like, shit's gotta be bad. It's like, you are deploying the fastest ship in the fleet. Oh, man, shit's gotta be on fire. But it wasn't.
0: Okay. Well, you but know, it wasn't. Every, every once in a while, we read a story and we say to ourselves, Selves, that's what we call ourselves. Uh, we've got to find this cat and we gotta get this cat on the show. And this is one of them cats. <laughs> I, I think this kid's a genius.
1: Let's do it. This is coming from I'm ready. A, this is
0: coming from autoblog.com. California 19-year-old arrested in bogus parking ticket scam. <laughs> a 19-year-old man, uh designed fake parking tickets and put them on cars near the beach in North California last week in hopes of collecting real payments. The man put the false citations, which included a QR code linking potential victims to a website to pay a fine, on cars Wednesday night, uh, said the Santa Cruz police. Investigators do not know how many fake tickets the man put on cars or how many victims paid the bogus fines, but are encouraging potential victims to contact them police took the man into custody thursday afternoon on suspicion of unlawful use of a computer system and attempted fraud he denied receiving any payments the coastal city of santa cruz is about 55 miles north of san francisco and you know a lot of people are saying about these fines how they just look chintzy um I, I, I'll take you back to the ID cards we were issued when we originally started working in the prison system. Those things were horrible. <laughs> and, I loved and, my ID. And they were legit government-issued IDs. Um, there are, this, they don't look all that bad, other than the fact they used a, um, a couple of like GIF palm trees in, in the logo. If they had just not put the palm trees on there, I 100% would have thought this was a legit ticket. So it's not written in Comic Sans? Well, their logo is. The Santa Cruz parking, uh, <laughs> it is written in Comic Sans.
2: <laughs> but, that, that kid's a genius.
0: He is absolutely a genius. <laughs> you know, there, there's, a, there's a similar story I'd read years ago about this, um, this, the park, this parking lot attendant. And he uh, was, it was always the same guy. But every time they came to the lot, they were like 20 years. People would come to this parking lot and they would you know pay their parking pass they had like annual passes and everything else and when this guy they well so they came to work one day and the guy was gone and the gate was just open and there was nobody around and you know they all parked their cars they even went and left money inside the box where the guy usually was sitting and you know eventually after a couple days they're like what happened to this guy and you know they called the city and said hey uh what's going on here and the city says that's a public lot. <laughs> this kid, this guy, and they never did find this guy ever. is is one of the great unsolved mysteries. The guy just showed up one day, put a booth up in an arm, and he just started a business, a parking business on, on a city like uh, municipal lot, and did it for like twenty years.
1: That's epic.
0: They estimated I that this t- guy made around $800,000 in the course of 20 years doing this.
1: He probably didn't pay taxes on any of it. No
0: shit. <laughs> you think?
1: Yeah. God. That's how I would have got him. That's how I would have got him. That's I would how they got Al Capone. Capone that <laughs> I, would have, I would have Al Capone that motherfucker, man. Because you know what? Again, you can't round up the truth. You know, when it comes to money, you can't cheat the hangman. I'm going to Al Capone that dude.
0: (laughs) But they said, like I said, they never did find him.
2: Can we just pause for a moment though and say how brilliant this kid is. And the moment Raz said QR code, I was like, Oh damn, that's how he did it. How many times have you gone to a parking lot where to pay for the parking fee, you have to scan the QR code and put in your, your uh, license number. Like, there's a whole nother avenue to go with cheating people out of money. Just find parking lots and hang a QR code with a sign that says uh, pay for day parking. Yeah. I mean,
1: this kid's that is, that ahead is of the curve. Yes. This kid is ahead got of the it. curve. He either has a long time that he will spend in prisons or a glowing, glowing career in cybersecurity. Only the sands of time will tell
0: <laughs> Only the sands of time will tell <laughs> Okay, and we are back And our next story comes from Comonews.com Seattle tech worker Charged for theft Inspired by the movie Office Space <laughs> There's a lot of things I've been, I've, been, I've been Inspired by Office Space to do um, The printer at work comes to mind um, Just <laughs> ignoring my boss And told him that I just don't care <laughs> You know <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of things I, I, I could be inspired. Point, but by this one, I, I, you know, I, I even forgot this was a plot in the uh, in the movie. But prosecutors in Seattle filed charges this week against a software engineer who was accused of a theft scheme that swiped approximately three hundred thousand dollars from his employer. Uh, Erminildo, Erminildo, E R M E N I L D O, Erminildes. That's his first name. His last name's Castro. Here on out, he's just referred to as Castro. Uh, Twenty-eight. Of yeah, the,
1: that'll work. That <laughs>
0: tracks. Of 20, 28 of Tacoma allegedly told detectives he was inspired by the '90s movie Office Space when he devised a plan to divert customer fees from his employer's uh, Zulily.com into his own bank accounts. According to court documents, Castro wrote software code that manipulated the online retailer's checkout page to send the shipping fees to his own account. The charges allege Castro netted uh, $260,000 in stolen shipping fees. Maybe if you just took a couple cents here and there, but you took the whole shipping fee? Oh, my God. Uh, Seattle detective said Castro used his uh, position as a software engineer to manipulate prices in Zulily to purchase approximately in merchandise for pennies on the dollar. According to police, the company's uh, cybersecurity staff found a document on Castro's laptop titled Office Space Project, (laughs) (laughs) which outlined Castro's scheme to clean up evidence by manipulating the audit logs and disabling alarm logging. The theft began in February, and by March, the company had identified discrepancies in the shipping fees being charged to customers. Castro was part of a team assigned to investigate to the discrepancies in the shipping fees. Oh, shit. Zoolily investigators ah. eventually caught on to Castro's scheme and went to his house in Tacoma, where they found boxes of merchandise piled up in, outside the front door and the driveway. <laughs> And the report states: In total, Zoolily's team uh, said Castro had sent over 1,000 items to his own home. In an interview with police, Castro claimed that the orders that came to his house were the result of a mistake during the test, and he forgot to return the items and did not notify Zoolily staff about the uh, about the orders. When asked why he never returned the items to Zoolily, he said that he once they fired him, his opinion was fuck them. <laughs> Seattle police uh, detectives wrote a narrative explaining how uh, Castro's alleged scheme related to the movie Office Space, including the pot outline on IMDb. Oh my God. Oh my God. Quote, in the Initech office, the insecure Peter Gimmons hates his job. His best friends are two software engineers, Michael Bolton and Samir, not going to try it, who also hate Initech. When he discovers that Michael and Samir will be downsized, he decides to plant a virus in the banking system to embezzle fractions of a cent for each financial operation into Peter's account. However, Michael commits a mistake in software on the decimal and siphons off nearly $300,000. The desperate trio tries to fix the problem, return the money, and avoid going to prison. <laughs> Apparently, when the guy was looking into this plan, he didn't read the back half of the synopsis.
2: Nope. Yeah. If he had let it run and only gotten like a quarter off of the shipping, it probably would have gone on for years with nobody touching it. But you yep. can't take the full shipping charge. Right.
1: Pigs... Pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered.
2: There you go, Buck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. You I know. mean,
2: in, in office space they were talking about just rounding down on the fraction of a penny. This dude tried yeah. to take the full four ninety five. Nah. No. <laughs> oh man.
1: No. I'll tell you what, people people might not notice a penny, but they will fucking notice five bucks. Yep. You know, oh, speaking of money, speaking of money, this just in, I just got an alert on my handy dandy Apple Watch here that let me know, according to Reddit, Elon Musk is the first person ever to lose $200 billion. I, I, I figured I figured that would be an apropos you know, snippet I, of information to include on the Social Liability Podcast.
0: You know, I Elon into, Musk uh,
1: is the first person to lose $200 billion. That's something
0: correct. to be known for. Yeah, right. I, I actually turned on my computer yesterday and I pulled up Twitter and uh, I was like, oh, Twitter's gone. It wouldn't load. It was like completely down. I'm like, oh, they're bankrupt. It's over. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it. I'm still waiting for it. They've got to shutter that thing eventually. And, and, cause it's not gonna last with that idiot behind the wheel.
2: <laughs> nah, the government will make sure it doesn't shutter. That's my prediction.
1: Wow. I just, you get to the top, and then, and then, boy, oh boy, you just think that your shit don't stink anymore. And then you go and, like, Sticking your note like what is he even a professional in? He's got his he's got so many plates spinning right now. I don't even know what the man is famous for. PayPal, great job, buddy.
0: It had nothing to do with PayPal.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Did he? yeah, He's oh yeah, he's like the co-founder. I'm looking because I didn't know. I, I know you I thought
2: he was famous for buying businesses.
1: That's what I think. That's what I think it was. Was PayPal was his big acquisition that got him into the uh, into the Fortune yeah, one hundred. That's
2: what it
0: is. He uh, he had a website called x.com and merged with Confinity in two thousand to form PayPal, which was acquired Ooh. by eBay. Huh. Yeah. He also attended the University of Pennsylvania, where he obtained his BA and BS. Hmm. Yeah. How about that? Anyway. Who I did, did not you? know that. I didn't. Eh.
1: Either way. Don't care. Fact of the matter remains. He lost $200 billion. You want to know why? Because he is a social liability. No one you man know, should be. Uh, like, that just bothers me that somebody even has that much money to their name. What could you possibly I, do with that?
2: I would be remiss if I didn't repeat the often used meme online. I remember... I long for a time when the uber rich used their money to build libraries and museums instead of shooting rockets into space. Very true. Our next story comes from
0: NBC2.com. Florida man blames voodoo after Mm -hmm. impregnating 13 year old girl. This happened in West Palm beach, Florida. Uh, A Florida man is claiming that voodoo was responsible for him getting a 13 year old girl pregnant. According to the West Palm Beach police, the girl was admitted to the hospital on December 19th after suffering severe abdominal pain during the visit. She made a call to 41 year old Jean Evanel. innocent. Oh my God. His name's actually innocent. (laughs) Um, the, The child said she had been vomiting and the hospital was about to give her a pregnancy test. The test would reveal she was six months pregnant during the call with innocent. Uh, she, he was heard telling the victim that she should just make up a story about another boy. He also mentioned that if she told people what really happened, he would go to jail. Instead, the child told authorities in a sworn statement that Innocent had sexual intercourse with her four times following abdominal surgery she had in 2020. She also said that the most recent incident happened in November. According to the arrest report, Innocent entered the girl's bedroom and asked her to give him 10 minutes. and then began to rape the child despite her saying no. The victim said Innocent only stopped because she was crying. Palm Beach uh, sheriff's detectives arrested Innocent, who claimed to only remember having intercourse with the victim on two occasions. He also claimed that it only lasted a few seconds, and it happened most recently three months ago. During the interview, Innocent claimed that the religious practice of voodoo was responsible for him reaping the 13-year-old child. Innocent faces several charges, including two counts of sexual battery on a child, one count of incest, and one count of impregnation of a child. Voodoo, motherfucker! That's your it's goddamn excuse? It's not! <laughs> it's not! I don't, even,
1: I, don't even, I don't even know how to respond to that. Hang like him. That,
0: yeah. yeah. Gut him, hang him, do everything. Fuck him. I mean... Matter of fact, yeah, fuck him with a goddamn barbed wire baseball bat.
1: Oh, I imagine that something like that will happen in his future once he gets into the big boy prison.
0: Most likely, because he's (laughs) the. You know, did that? Was were you working the unit when that happened? Who was working that? I mean, if don't say any real names, but uh, it happened in our prison where they somebody knew this cat was coming in. This dumb shit refused protective custody, and uh, he walked into a cell and (laughs) he didn't walk out. (laughs) He was carried. I do
1: remember that. It was on two B. I do remember that. It was on two B. I do rem I do remember that. I do remember that. And then we locked them, we locked them in separate parts of the prison. After that, yeah. Put one in classification and one with peds and meds.
0: Yeah, I I I just I can't remember who who was working. I thought it might have been you, but if it wasn't you, that's great. No, it was not me. Okay, well. Let's get off that depressing shit. Uh, Buck, You uh, how's, how's the winter treating you back over there on the East Coast? Lame.
1: Lame, lame, lame. I'm fucking pissed at winter, man. It was three degrees last week. When we recorded this podcast last week, it was like between three and eight degrees. It was single digits. Ten days ago, we had negative one. Here I sit and it is a balming 41 degrees outside.
0: I'm not sure what what, the- uh, what it got to here in the midwest. Uh but it it, it was we were predicting negative 20 to negative 30. It didn't get quite wind that show. cold. But it was with the wind chill factor included. But it, you know it i I know it got down into the negatives but not not tremendously so. Um Today, right now, as we speak, it is eleven eleven a m and it is fifty eight degrees
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah what what in the
1: what in the ever loving shit is going on
0: well and it, this was it's pretty, a, what, so the weather's one thing, but the way that our uh, our country's infrastructure responded to it is completely another uh, the biggest offender is Southwest airlines uh, they rounded like five thousand flights uh because of Weather and staffing issues that were caused by the weather. Uh, we had friends from, from Pennsylvania that were stuck in Arizona for like an, a week and they couldn't get out of Arizona. Uh, and they, they, were, they were very high spirited about it, posting pictures on <laughs> Facebook. And I was just like pissing on their Cheerios. So every time they tried to be happy, I was just like, nah. <laughs> so, like, one of the last pictures, guess where we are? And it's a picture of them on the airplane. <laughs> I said, still in Arizona. <laughs> And they were. <laughs> this is why Raz
1: doesn't have very many
0: friends. I mean, I still... probably. But, you know, let's talk about the good things that can happen. Okay. We, we talk about people that are liabilities. Let's talk about somebody who's just an asset to the, the gene pool.
2: Uh, this, still.
0: this is coming from insider.com. Ten South Korean tourists were stranded in a blizzard near Buffalo. They spent two nights in a stranger's home cooking and watching football. Yes,
2: that's that's a sweet story. When
0: When their van got stuck in the snow in Williamsville, New York on Friday, a South Korean tour group found refuge with a good Samaritan who sheltered them throughout the blizzard. The group of 10 travelers, which included nine tourists from South Korea, were making their way to Niagara Falls from Washington, D.C. when they found themselves in the middle of the blizzard. Two men in the group decided to knock on a door to ask for shovels to try to get their van out of a ditch. They ended up with a place to stay until they could get picked up on Sunday afternoon after the storm had cleared. Alex Campagna, a dentist, said on Facebook that at about 2 p.m. on Friday, the worst blizzard he's ever experienced, he heard a frantic knock on the front door. Campania and his wife ended up inviting the ten people in, putting them up on couches in sleeping bags and on air mattresses in a spare bedroom uh The Times reported Campania told the newspaper he didn't want to let the group back out on the roads, adding that he knew as a buffaloian that this is on another level, the Darth Vader of storms <laughs> uh i'm gonna I am going to butcher some south Korean um some names here oh right, so choi. Yosobayo, I can't pronounce it. it looks like I'm Choi, a member of the tour group that Campania hosted, told The Times it was kind of like fate that they had ended up at the house of a hospitable family with a full pantry. <laughs> we had enjoyed this so much, Choi said, describing the experience as unforgettable and a unique blessing. The group spent Friday and Saturday swapping stories and cooking with their hosts. The Times reported they watched an NFL game on Christmas Eve and made several Korean meals, adding that companion and his wife are fans of Korean food themselves and had any ingredients needed, needed to make—I'm I'm choking— to, to make uh uk bokum, a stir-fried pork, and a dakdori tang, a spicy chicken stew. If the travelers had stayed for Christmas dinner on Sunday, the group would likely have made a bulgogi, B-U-L-G-O-G-I, bulgogi, (laughs) bulgogi, Uh, drivers picked up uh, the tourists on Sunday when roads were cleared and brought them back to New York City. Choi said that he and his wife plan to stay for New Year's Eve. The others are scheduled to fly back to South Korea this week. Joy and Campania did not immediately respond to the insider's request for comment.
2: (laughs) What is an awesome story?
0: Yeah, that is super hip.
2: That is such a. How cool is that? (laughs) Like. That I, just I wanted, sounds
0: fun. I wanted to end the the year on a good note, you know, because we always talk about the dregs of society, like some yeah. fucking rapist blaming voodoo. But you know, <laughs> what do you do when you have like a van load of Korean tourists on your front door? What are you gonna do?
2: <laughs> you invite them in and have them make bulgogi, <laughs> right? <laughs> Put them to work. <laughs> that, what a cool experience, though, for everybody involved. The tourists got to like. Experience uh, an American home life, and the the family there got to experience a little bit of Korean culture through their guests, and everybody got to be snowed in together, and they just got along handsomely for a couple nights. That is such an awesome story.
0: It really is. It really is.
1: <laughs> it really is. Like, just imagine if something like that happened to you guys, like a a busload of Japanese tourists. On their way to see joe exotic and his <laughs> homeland and then maybe stop by and see hansen's hometown like those guys get caught in like you know a tarantula stampede and go and seek seek shelter with you guys and then consequently one of them is really good at making sushi like it would just be great
2: it'd be <laughs> amazing it would be. <laughs> the stereotypes it, that just spewed out of your mouth.
1: <laughs> well I you know what? I didn't make fun of just one group of people.
0: You know, or, the thing or is, so, one thing classification is, of sentient being. You know, the thing is uh, stereotypes do exist for a reason. And you know, you, you said Japanese tourist, and you know, I can attest to that because I was in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Um uh, Anybody familiar with the Civil War just the Battle of Gettysburg knows about the Angle. It is a very popular place, but depending on the time of year, it's very dead. So a lot of us uh, who are Civil War reenactors would go out there just because it was a nice, peaceful place. So we're in uniform. Me and two other cats, we're in uniform. And, you know, we're just kind of hanging out, um, discussing things, you know, places and things. And all of a sudden, the bus pulls up. We're like, ah, crap. All right. Well, this is going to happen then spewed forth from this bus (laughs) and it was a big bus was a metric ton i'd say at least 30 to 40 japanese tourists get off this bus all of them the biggest cameras you've ever seen hanging around their necks (laughs) and they all came rushing off the bus the bus wasn't even going to stop apparently from what the driver said they said they saw us and they insisted on stopping and they all got off the bus to take pictures with us it was the funniest damn thing in the world (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like, it was something like a, like, a, like a Benny Hill skit. It was ridiculous, but you know, it, let's just let's let's just say uh, we had a busload of uh, tourists. I would like to think that we would try to do the same thing. I, yeah. I do. I'd like to think that we would try. Um, you know, I don't have dentist I, money, I,
2: but <laughs> I can't. I can't say that we'd have all the ingredients to make all of the dishes to their native lands, but chances are good that we have enough food to keep a a group of 11 alive for a couple days.
1: (laughs) uh, I'm about ready to really, really dip my toes into this pool when I tell you guys this, but I actually have 100 pounds of beans and 100 pounds of rice in my pantry. I could totally support a a herd of people for for a couple of days. Like that would totally be a thing. <laughs> With beans and rice, <laughs> we'll keep you alive, but we can't say anything more yeah, than that. You know what? <laughs> hey, you know what? I've got two pounds of chicken bouillon powder. Okay, we can put some flavor in it.
2: That that'll keep you alive. It'll keep you alive. I don't even. I don't even care what. I mean, to me, a bonus on all of this is that they're people from another culture. I would freaking love to have house guests for a couple of days that are from any other culture. I just think that would be so fun to share my culture, learn a little bit about their culture. To me, this story would be like a Christmas present.
0: One of the coolest experiences, and Seder, you can probably tell me if you agree with this or not. That, you know, we went to China and we were there almost a month. And we did a lot of the tourist stuff. You know, we went to the Great Wall. We went to the Forbidden Palace. Um, went to uh, the birthplace of Kung Fu. That was kind of cool. Uh, but I think one of the coolest things that I did when I was in China is we had a racist-ass tour guide. Uh, but th- but this dude arranged this and didn't really tell us what we were doing. He just told us we were going out to lunch. And he's taking us down some sketchy-ass alleys. I mean, we are going into some sketch parts of, uh, of Peking. And we, we get to this backyard, essentially. And we go through this little gate. And we go on to what I thought was their porch. And it wasn't. Apparently, it was their dining room. <laughs> um, and our group of people all sat around. And this, this, this couple just kept bringing food out to us. And, it, and they just cover the table in food. And there was like eight or nine people in our group, maybe ten. And all they did was bitch, moan, and complain that they, this is strange food. Sadar and I ate our asses silly.
2: <laughs> it was the most amazing meal I've ever had. We were all sitting. Okay, in, in China, it's not uncommon for people to turn their front room into a restaurant so i think that's kind of what we were at um was a front room restaurant but they brought out tons and tons of traditional dishes and it was enough for each person at the table to have one serving of everything so you only had one or two bites of each dish unless other people on the table didn't like it and unless then
0: they turn spoo- their fucking noses up at it yeah
2: because <laughs> the vegetables were amazing the the meats were amazing but never in my life have i had dumplings that were as divine as these homemade dumplings sitting on a plastic like outdoor table in somebody's front room in beijing just i will think of those dumplings for the rest of my life the most amazing meal ever
0: and it, it, we, we kept yeah. we kept trying to get them to sit down and eat with us, and they wouldn't do it. And it, that was like the that was like the disappointing part was we couldn't get them to like just to sit down and chill with us. Uh, they went inside and ate with the tour guide, which was kind of like. But at least we got the food.
2: <laughs> we got homemade food, homemade food in uh, China. It was. It was such a special experience because it was the real, like, life in China experience, or the closest we came while we were there. It was, it was a wonderful, wonderful meal, and I think that we are both really lucky to get to experience that.
1: I'm so happy that you have a wonderful experience because I'll tell you what right fucking now is that some of my worst culinary, like, experiences have been... In the homes of people in foreign countries. I, I I just. And. I've had food. That I swear would have eaten me back. If it could have. It's like. Like. Like don't get me wrong. I lived in Central and South America for a while. And I've had some awesome. Banging foods. But none of it came from grandma's kitchen down there. None of it. Oh, not a really? single fucking thing. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. I ate everything and I was grateful for everything that I was given by these people because it was all they had. But they were not good and crafty like like the kitchen wizards that you describe on their front porch restaurant, okay? No. This, I wasn't, had any, to look this at- wasn't
0: even the front porch. This is the back porch, man.
1: <laughs> no, man. No, whatever it was, man. I didn't get to sit here and lament over the fact that the host of the meal wouldn't eat with me. I got to sit there at the table with these people's children going, I have to leave you in this. Like, you'll be getting this, you'll be getting this food forever. And that's just, I think that's why I have such a great attitude like if they can put up with that i can put up with this like <laughs> like i it's just it's just nice to hear that somebody has a great experience eating in a foreign country at at yeah uh, just mm. i don't i well, don't share i don't share that same bliss
2: to to be fair most people who um from what we've been told most people who dra- travel to China uh, on a trip like ours lose weight. Um, everybody in the Raz household gained weight while we were in China.
0: Yeah, we yes. did. <laughs> we, I, I've told people for years my plan is when we go back to Japan is to eat my way across the country. And I say that with every bit of conviction because that is what we did in China. <laughs> we ate our way across that nation. <laughs> And, you know and to this and, day, every time we go to a major city, uh, we throw a cooler in the truck and we take it. And we, when we get there, we do what we're going to do. But then we always try to find the Asian grocery as well we can load up and bring food home. with
2: us. But I would like I'm, to take a moment to uh, publicly apologize to any listener that has immigrated from China to the United States. I am sorry if Pizza Hut disappoints you. It It's what it is here. I, I am sorry
0: dude the whole the whole, so the whole time we we're we're going into this we, we've gotten like so off topic, but the hell with it it's christmas it's new Year's yeah Eve. right it's New it's new, it's Year's it's new, if, you new Year's Eve. if you don't like it, you didn't pay anything for this, turn it off but <laughs> so <laughs> you know the one hotel we were at we could look out the we were like on a thirty something floor and you know you could just look out on in this dis it almost like a dystopian hellscape that we were in cause every building was a highest rise, everyone looked identical, and they all looked like they were all tenements, every one of them. So, but but if you, if you look down the ground, you can see businesses, and you know there was a lot of places down there. But one of them that like, right across the street was a Pizza Hut, and we're like, oh shit, there's there's a there's a freaking Pizza Hut in in China. I don't remember what city that was. We were staying in a Hilton. That's all I remember. Zhengzhou was it Zhengzhou? Okay. Yep. So if you ever if you're ever in Zhengzhou and you're staying at the Hilton. Across the street is there. There's a Pizza Hut. So me being, oh, you were telling me about this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, me, yeah. Me, me, me being Joe American, I'm wearing uh, khaki cargo shorts. I think I was legit wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I don't remember exactly. It might have been a baseball jersey. It might. Yes. As a matter of fact, I think it was a baseball jersey. I think it was the York Revolution baseball jersey. Um, uh, and we schlepped our asses over to Pizza Hut because I just, I'm, I'm hungry. You were tired. I was tired. <laughs> And I just let's just get a pizza. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> this, <laughs> when we got there, there was a there was some young kids going in in front of us. One of them was he was wearing like a smart suit, a uh, little big on him, and and the girl was wearing like a prom dress. We're like, oh, that's that's cute. They're stopping here on their way, at, you know, from the school dance or whatever. Nah, no. <laughs> pizza Hut had a mater d. And it wasn't just somebody, it wasn't just somebody like greeting you and handing you a menu. This was a straight up mater D who walked us to the counter to tell them how many were in our party. And then, so that person then communicated to another person who walked us to our table, then left. Then a different person came over and put down our silverware and left. A different person came up and asked us for our drink order, then left. (laughs) You know, we ordered our, our pizza and we're looking around. We are fucking slobs i mean this place was high dining do you ever see the movie demolition man how every yes. every restaurant became taco bell yes that is what it felt like we were <laughs> we looked we get our pizza and i'm sitting there like okay and i pick up a slice of pizza and i'm eating and i'm looking around and i'm realizing everybody in the restaurant's kind of side-eyeing me and as i as i take notice I am the only cat in the restaurant eating pizza by hand. Everyone else is using a knife and fork.
1: Added. I
0: would. I would be afraid. I would get up and run. Now, like we. Oh. I am. I am six two, two hundred and forty pounds. Okay, I'm a big dude. In normal places, I go to China. East Godzilla. <laughs> I mean it's it's bad i'm huge and, and i have all these uh chinese folks just staring at me like what is wrong with this neanderthal
2: <laughs> wow two years later i'm working with a dude that he and his wife immigrated from china to pennsylvania and i was talking to him about you know my experience in china his experience in the u.s and he was telling me about how disappointed he and his wife were for their first <laughs> anniversary in our country. Um, they decided to do something fancy. So he took his wife to Pizza Hut for their <laughs> anniversary.
0: <laughs>
2: now, and now, the experiences... now this, it, it
0: isn't, it isn't going to help anybody listening, but for Buck, this was the this was the Pizza Hut in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. no. <laughs>
2: They oh. were so disappointed in their meal. The only thing, and that,
0: their experience at Pizza Hut in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, at that time period, the only employees were inmates, and everything oh. is wet.
1: Yes, everything is wet. Everything is wet. I don't understand.
2: It, I felt I so don't... bad. For... <laughs> I mean, this was the nicest man you've ever met. He was so sweet and so happy. And his wife worked with the terminally ill, so I can only imagine that she was just as sweet. And they wanted to do something romantic. They fled China so that they could have more children. That's why they moved to the United States. Um, You know, I just wanted everything good for this person, and he took his wife to Pizza Pizza Hut in Gettysburg. For the romantic evening getaway. Like, their probably first to... date after their kid was born, it was...
1: Waffle House. <laughs> that would have been... <laughs> the food would have been better. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know what? You know what? It's kind of like hibachi, because you can see them cooking it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Waffle House is redneck hibachi. I mean, that's what it is.
0: <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's white trash hibachi. <laughs> I...
2: You
1: you just started something, man. <laughs> I'm using that. I'm using that. I'll give you credit. I'll give you credit, but I'm using that.
0: We're going to white house hibachi or <laughs> white trash hibachi tonight, folks. Give <laughs> me some gosh browns made in oil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Raz, like you, you, I don't think anybody's called it that before. I've never heard it at least <laughs> that you, we, we are recorded. I'm probably making a huge, it's like the January 1st, December 31st shit all over again. Here I am making a big deal out of seemingly nothing, but whatever. I think it's special and I'm going to call it redneck bocce. And that's it. That's, that's all there is to it. So mode it be. I that's think, it.
2: I think y'all found your next t-shirt. Yes, it's yeah. <laughs> a picture of a Waffle House, and
0: it's white trash hibachi, <laughs> open twenty four seven. Make it happen. I'll wear that.
1: I I want two, <laughs> and a tank top. I I'll want work. a tank top.
0: I'll work on that one. I'll work that. I'll work on that one. You know, cause we already have the two. We have the a sharks going to shark, and we have a uh, nothing says thank you like pineapple on
2: a stick. <laughs> Well, guys, before we wrap up for the day, I just want to thank both of you for inviting me onto the show, and I hope you have a wonderful 2023. Same to our listeners. We,
0: you know, we didn't, so much, we didn't so much invite you as Shanghai you. <laughs> yeah. We, we did tape an episode yeah. of the uh, the subcockles or Reddit just before we did this one, and I really didn't give you a chance to even log off. I just kind of switched no. over the frames and went straight into the next one. <laughs> It's like, oh well, special. you didn't get
1: up quick enough. You're still, you're, you didn't run away quick enough. We're just gonna start this boat and set sail, whether you're on it or not. Let's go. Let's
2: go. <laughs> I still uh, want to feel special. All
0: right, you're special. You know what? You are. <laughs> okay, folks. I am the Raz. He is the Buck. Wishing you all a happy and safe holiday. We have thank you to our our special guest Sadar for joining us, whether she liked it or not, and we. Wish you all a happy New Year's Eve, and uh, please don't blow your fingers off. That being said, folks, have a great, happy, safe week.